If you're like me, you don't like conflict. If you're like me, you don't like to be put in awkward situations. It's been said that people respond three ways to conflict or awkward situations. The first way is flight. We run away from it. The second way is fright. We don't know what to do, and so we're sort of suspended. We don't do anything at all. And the third way is that we fight, is that we get back and we deal with the situation. Which one would you say you are? When confronted with conflict or uh, possible harm to you or other negative things, do you run away? Are you in fear? Um, Can't move? Or are you a person who fights back? I'd like to ask you, have you ever wanted to get away from it all? Just felt that life was too much? And maybe it's small things that all stack up together. Or maybe there's some major things happening in your life. A loved one is about to die. A relationship has gone sour. Uh, My work is cutting back and I might lose my job. Or maybe there is even a war coming. Maybe something that you've been involved with where you wanted to get away from it all. I just don't want to do it anymore. Or maybe you even changed careers. Or maybe you had to get away from certain people who were toxic to you. Have you ever wanted to get away from it all? Now, when I think about escaping, get away from it all as escapings, I think about escape rooms. And um, you ever been through an escape room? Don't raise your hand. Yeah, I see some people. Right? And so there's one called in Toledo, it's called Trap Toledo. Now, now Trap Toledo has uh, uh, three different scenarios that you can play. And usually you go out on a Friday or a Saturday night or a Sunday afternoon and you each person pays 30 to $40 and you get in a room and you have to figure out how to what? Escape from the room and someone's brain, they leave all sorts of uh, clues around the room or, or maybe you have to go find something or maybe you get to encounter something. But the whole thing is you have an hour for everyone to work together to escape your situation. Now, if you mention my name, I get 10% off next time. No, I'm just kidding. That, that's what happened. But uh, it's called Trap Toledo and there's all sorts of escape rooms to be able to get away. And there's a picture of it, and so you all look for clues, and you're, you're put in a room where you have to find something. It's supposed to be pretty entertaining, sort of a, I don't know, a living rec- recreation sort of thing. You see some people shaking their hands. If you want a cheaper version, go to a corn maze. <laughs> That's only like 6 $7 a person. There's one up at Leader's Farm, I understand, right? I don't know how they worked it out, but somehow you know, someone takes a picture of your cornfield, and they tell you, knock down, you know. Somebody pretty smart does it. Um, I did one many years ago for my kid's birthday party. There's even platforms you can look out. And if you ever really, really get truly get lost, just pick a point and walk straight out of the cornfield. But that's another way to, to escape and get out. And sometimes they leave clues in the corn maze. That's a cheaper version. In the heartwarming movie Sound of Music, Maria, um, uh, she falls in love with Captain Von Trapp. Are you familiar with that movie? You know, I'm talking about the Sound of Music. It's supposedly based on a true movie, and uh, she can't breathe around him, and she feels that she's suffocating, and, and she loses herself. And maybe you've been in love, or maybe you're in love, and you feel the same way, and she doesn't know what to do with it because uh, she's a governess, and he's Captain Von Trapp. And um, she doesn't know what to do with it, and so she runs back to the abbey, and she wants to renew her vows of being a nun. And the Reverend Mother wisely says, is this an escape for you? Are you trying to escape something? You know, we sent you there to be governess, and now you're running away from that. Why? And her littler words were that these walls in this abbey weren't meant for what? Hiding. You can't escape from this problem. Well, that's the sound of music. You can go see the rest of it. And there's a picture of her wanting to renew her vows to escape. 
And modern artists and songs sometimes we sing, they invite us to escape. They invite us to escape situations we're in, whether it's illness or financial problems or relational problems or problems at work or difficulty with the family. Well, and then Jimmy Buffett says it's five o'clock somewhere. Well, how's that escapism? Well, you get the idea. Just have a what? Because somewhere it's what? Five o'clock and life really stinks and it's okay to have a drink or maybe wait till five o'clock. That's the way to escape. Or life is good today and sit on a beach here and put your toes in the sand because life is good today and you get to get away from it all. Go to the Caribbean because that's what that's about. You get to escape your situation. Or Hakuna Matata for children. That's Lion King. That means no worries for the rest of your life and no matter what happens, that's sort of our theme. It's sort of a fun song. And I've seen people wearing t-shirts. Hakuna Matata. It means no worries for the rest of your life. You get to escape your situation. Or come sail away, come sail away. And just get away from it all. And don't have to deal with anything. And leave the shores behind of your problems and your heartaches and the difficulty. And then I think John Denver sings, he's leaving on what? Leaving on a jet plane. Why? I, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be in this situation anymore. Let me go ahead and throw back to the pictures there of some of the artists that sing that, okay? And it's all an invite to be able to escape from where you're at. Um, peddlers of false religion today, they make a bundle proclaiming a God of escape my situation. Uh, I go to um, the gym every morning and um, I go on a certain machine and I look up on the TV and there's one of these peddlers and and it's all the same. It's the same routine. And the routine goes like this. The routine is, um, the routine is if you simply do these 10 things, then you can get out of the situation that you're in. Um, in the New Testament days, the Pharisees wanted escapism. They were looking for a Messiah who would deliver them from the Romans. And Jesus didn't fit that. And they wanted a Messiah because the Romans were bad and they taxed them and they, they believed they were oppressed. And they wanted a Messiah to come and help me escape out of this situation from the Romans. And today, there's a prosperity gospel and do these things so every day can be a what? And that's the title of a book. Just go to Sam's or go to Walmart, go to the checkout aisle and you see all sorts of books. Ten ways to have a better relationship. Uh, ten, ten ways to help your kids behave. Ten ways to be close to the God. Uh, ten ways to make it work for you. If you simply do all these things, then these Christian writers will promise an escape. And, and all your problems will go away and life will be much better. It's escape theology and it draws, does draw the ears of people who don't know better. You get to escape. Uh, today there's also those who, in modern evangelicalism, that they believe Jesus is going to return a couple times. And you want to be a believer because when Jesus comes back, he's going to take you away from a world that's going to get really bad. There's some people who believe that we're in the verge of having a really bad world. And if you simply, you simply believe that Jesus will come back, he'll take you away, and everybody else will be left behind in a big mess. And you don't want to be left behind in a big mess, so make sure you believe in Jesus so you'll be taken away, and that's a form of escapism. And then let's go back to Amos. And Amos is, lived 700 years before Christ. And Israel is in a real difficult spot. They're idolatrous. They want nothing to do with God. You heard about Mr. Roth talking about the first commandment. And they left the God of their covenant, and God is about to lower the boom on them. And they're looking for someone to come and help them escape their judgment. This is all escape theology. I don't like my situation. I want someone to come and help me out. I call it God in the can religion. Well, what's God in the can religion? To some people, they take God and they, they put him in a can. And I put him up with a shelf with a sliced carrots and a 
sliced potatoes and the, I don't know, the tomato juice and the tomato sauce and the mixed carrots, I mean the mixed vegetables, and I put God in a can there. And when life gets really bad, I go into my closet or my food pantry and I get God in the can out. And I open up God in the can and God help me out of this situation. Someone's been diagnosed with a bad disease. Our nation's about to go into war. I'm about to lose my job. My, uh, my girlfriend or boyfriend says they no longer love me. Um, I don't know. Um, this is really bad. I need God in the can situation. And I'm going to open up God in the can. And he's going to help me out. And so that's God in the can. And I don't need God until there's a problem in my life and God can change my situation. Because right now my situation really stinks. And once my situation gets resolved, what happens to God in the can? He gets what? Put back in the shelf. He goes back in with the mixed vegetables and the carrots and the sliced potatoes. And God's back in the shelf with a dinty more stew. Until there's another what? Problem because I have God in the can. He's going to help me out again. Well, Amos sort of rips apart escape theology. And this is what he says. Can you all read it with me? I don't know when you read that, that doesn't sound good. You're running away from a lion only to meet a bear. <laughs> or you stick your hand on the wall to rest and a snake bites you. But what, what Amos is saying to the Israelites is it's sort of too late for you to avoid what's going to happen to you. Um, this situation isn't going to change. Um, friends in Christ, um, um, there are times in our life where we can't escape. I'm sure that we've all been there. We know what it's like to have our company downsized and I lose my job. Um, some might know what it's like to have a spouse say, I, I no longer love you and I'm going to leave you. Some of us have maybe even had loved ones who went off to war and lost their lives. Or maybe I was listening to someone who went to the doctor and the doctor said, uh, there's nothing more I can do for you. Um, make your, final, uh, make your fi- final words with God and with others. There are times that we just cannot escape uh, no matter what anyone says from the situation we're about to face. Now, what Amos does is Amos talks about eschatology, and you're all saying, Pastor Muse, what is eschatology? I heard that in your sermon title. What are you trying to say? Well, eschatology is not escape from, but enter into something better. You see, eschatology is end times theology. Matter of fact, we, we live in the end times now, and it could last for 10,000 years, but we live in the end times and it's teaching. Now, can you read this verse with me? Go ahead. But let righteousness like a never-failing stream. And what Isaiah does is he says, here's your situation, and I'm going to point you to something far greater. Um, I'm going to point you to justice, who is Jesus. I'm going to point you uh, to a, to a never-failing stream, and that's the water that Jesus brings. What Isaiah is getting at is this that in spite of our situations, for us believers, we're promised the kingdom of heaven and we're promised the resurrection of the body. And might not be able to get you out of a situation you're in now, but there is ultimate victory and hope there. We all catching that? What Amos does is Amos looks beyond the situation. He says, Christ will come and he will bring eternal life to you and you will have the resurrection of the body. Even 700 years before Christ was even on earth, he points to something far greater.
for us. That's the eyes of faith. Prophets proclaim that. In Jesus' day, see, Jesus doesn't want us to escape, but he, he brings us into a relationship with him in baptism. And that's why the baptism there, found is there. Not just a one-time thing, but we're baptized. We're in a relationship with God. We're in communion with God in our baptism. And um, we proclaim that you're saved by grace through faith. What does that mean? Well, I believe Jesus died for me. It's a free gift, and I'm in that relationship. I'm not escaping. I'm entering into something. And... And we also, Jesus, who on the cross is finished, he gives a promise of life eternal. And in Amos' day, I can't change the situation from you, but I can promise you the resurrection of the dead. I can promise you that. And so when I think about our church, we don't preach escapism. We preach eternal life in Christ and the resurrection of the body. And I think that's what our ministry is about, whether it's in a school or whether it's here in worship, in our church, wherever, here in our building, we say there is a far greater day coming. No matter what's happening with me, no matter what's happening with you, there's eternal life and there's a resurrection of the dead. So as many years ago, my my wife and I went to go see the Titanic when it came out. Remember that movie? Okay, and there's a very profound scene that that has stuck with me. And I sort of got caught up in the movie uh, because a couple hours long and the humanity of it. And, and there, there's, there's a point where half the ship's already underneath the ocean and the other part of the ship is now tilting and people, people are sliding. Excuse me. And people are sliding. You remember that scene? And um, there's a Roman Catholic priest who's holding on and he quotes Revelation and says... Um, and he also quotes Psalm 23, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, now if you're on the ship, you know what's going to happen. Um, if you haven't seen the movie, I'll tell you what happens at the end, okay? Don't worry about it, you don't know what happens. But anyways, he's saying, even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. And then he says, in the kingdom of heaven, there will be no mourning, and there will be no crying, and there will be no death. And even on the ship, when the ship began sinking, the orchestra got together and began playing. Does anyone know what hymn? Near my God to thee. And so sometimes we feel that our life is sliding and the half the ship is sunk and there's God's word, us into a relationship with him who's with us saying, um, I'm with you. Heaven is your home and the resurrection of the dead. And here's the other thing. No matter your situation, um, someone's about to leave me, I'll lose my job. Um, I don't know what's, what's going on, the finances. God's for you. I'm for you. Christ is for you. The church is for you. And all of us can say, if you've been diagnosed with a terminal illness, we'll walk with you. Or if you need to find a new career, we're here with you. Or if you need to work this out, we're what? Here with you. And that's what we say. That's eschatology. That points to something far greater. We, the church, the community of saints, are with you. If your life is sliding, we're with you. So, this is our message. We invite all. It's not an escape, but an entry into the ever-flowing stream of Jesus, who is a living water, who is with us, who brings us to the body of Christ with us, who promised eternal life, the resurrection of the dead. Um, and by the way, I want to go back to that. Flight, fright, or fight. And what eschatology does is it leads us to fight. And by the way, we have someone who fights along our side. And he holds the field victorious. And the kingdom ours remaineth. 
He fights by our side. He's the champion. And the kingdom ours remaineth. So how about this for a closing thought? Can you all read it with me? Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And all God's people say, Amen.